Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. Hi, I'm Joel Rakin. Tonight on Closer Look, let's learn more about CASAs, coin-appointed special advocates. Amanda Striegel is the CASA program coordinator in Rock Island County, and she joins us tonight on Closer Look. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me. So I kind of gave the acronym for CASA, coin-appointed special advocates, but folks who may have heard of it before but don't know what it is, what is a CASA? So a CASA is an everyday citizen. They are specially trained to advocate in juvenile court for the best interest and safety of children involved as victims of abuse and neglect. Um, they, volunteers are appointed by the juvenile judge to children 17 years and younger to be the eyes and ears of the judge and the voice of the child. Um, they gather information, identify resources, and work in partnership with all the parties to the case to ensure the child's needs are met. I know the CASA program's been around nationwide since the 70s, but how long has there been a, a CASA program here? We have been in Rock Island County for just over two years. So, so relatively new. Relatively new. We're still growing. Uh, so folks come in and they want to help out in some way. Uh, what's the first step? Is there training for, for them? Is there an application process? So the first would be for them to uh, fill out an application, which they can do, um, find on our website, um, which I can give that information to you. Um, and once I receive the application, I make contact with them and answer any questions that they might have about the program or any things that might, they might have been on the fence about. And then they get scheduled for an interview, just like a typical job interview. And once the interview is complete, um, I make the decision if they would be a good match for the program. And in most cases, um, pretty much everybody that applies um, has been able to become a CASA because you don't have to have any special background. Um, they do have to go through an extensive background check, including fingerprinting, um, just to make sure that there aren't any issues that would prevent them from being a CASA. And once all of the background checks go through, they are able to attend our volunteer training. We hold training once a year in the spring, um, and it is for nine weeks for a total of 30 hours. Um, and usually it's done in person. This last uh, session of, of classes that we did um, in the spring of this year, we did remotely because of COVID, um, but it worked well. They, it, we did it through using Zoom. Um, and so they all finished um, their training and just all were sworn in by the judge to be advocates um, just this month. How important is that training? You mentioned, obviously, that these folks don't have to be a lawyer. They don't necessarily have, have to have a lot of information or experience with the foster care system. So how important is that training? It's very important. It covers an umbrella of information that they will need as being a CASA volunteer. So we go over everything from substance abuse, domestic violence, uh, volunteer uh, interview techniques, um, what what to ask children, um, what information they should be relaying to other individuals. Um, and so just having them having those basic knowledges of the core issues that are typically dealt with with children that have been removed from the home. Talking about CASA tonight, court appointed special advocates in CASA in Rock Island County with the program coordinator, Amanda Striegel. This is Closer Look on 98.9, positive, encouraging K-Love. 
I'm Joel Reagan. So they go through the training that you talked about, and then what happens next after that? So after they complete their training, they also then do uh, two hours of juvenile court observation just so they can kind of get the layout of the courtroom and what other parties are involved. And once they, everyone completes their uh, court observation, then we have the swearing-in ceremony with the juvenile judge, uh, Judge uh, Theodore Katsunas, and they just take their CASA oath And once they sign their oath and are sworn in, then they are ready to take a case. So obviously, is it it something where they kind of are trying to commit to uh, stay with the case for a certain period of time, that type of thing? Yes. So when they get their first case, they are are committing to stay with that case until the child finds a safe, permanent home, whether that be through returning home to their parents, guardianship, or adoption. But they do... um, they do agree to stay with the case until it closes out. How important is that stability? It's very important. Um, unfortunately, with with the um, climate of of COVID going on and high turnover rates of caseworkers because they're very overwhelmed, sometimes CASA is the only consistent member in the child's life. Um, So it's very important that they stay on the case the entire time. So that child has at least someone that is is a familiar person to them at all times. Like you said, the caseworkers change, their placements might change, and so they can be the only kind of stable part of their lives. Correct. They obviously stay with a case, a child, or sometimes with a sibling set, correct? Yes, we do um, individual children and sibling groups too. And as well, we talked, we talked about the stability, but as well, those uh, the social workers, they've got lots of cases. The judge has lots of cases as well. So no one except for the CASA is really kind of focused in on this one child or sibling set. Correct. We can, we can provide an extra set of, like I said before, eyes and ears for the judge um, on what's going on in the child's life. So they've been sworn in, they've, uh, they, they've, they've uh, uh, observed in court, they've been sworn in and kind of given a case. So what are they doing now? Is it kind of a fact-finding mission? Yeah, when they first get a case, they meet with me and we do a case transfer. Um, and I go through and kind of give them all the basic information of the case, you know, why they, the children got involved with the system, um, you know, what the, the issues are with the family uh, and what needs to be done for the child to be able to return home safely. And we kind of make a plan of what their next steps are. And usually the first step is to be able to go and introduce themselves to the child or sibling group that they've been um, appointed to. And then they kind of just work through touching base with any uh, professionals that are involved with the case from caseworkers to therapists to school teachers, daycare, um, and they just gather all that information and write it in a report to the judge um, that they submit every time that there's a court hearing. And so they uh, write those reports. How important are those reports to the judge? They're very important. He appreciates them because they have a lot of details about what's going on with the child, um, how they're doing in their current placement, how they're doing with their therapy services, or any other services that have been directed uh, for them to do through the court. Um, So he really does appreciate our reports and the in-depth information that we provide about to the individual child. What kind of time commitment is it? uh, How much time are they spending working on this uh, throughout a month, that type of thing? Uh, it really depends on the dynamics of the case, but typically it's between five and seven hours um, a month. Usually when they get their case, uh, first get their case, they spend a lot more time 
um, because they're getting to know all the information and the people that are involved, but typically between five and seven hours a month. And that includes phone calls to people, emails, uh, visiting, they're required to visit their child at least once a month. Um, so things like that all count as um, their activities that they do. We're talking about court-appointed special advocates, CASA, and uh, CASA in Rock Island County tonight. Amanda Striegel's the program coordinator, and she joins us here on Closer Look. You're listening to 98.9 Positive Encouraging KLUF. I'm Joel Rakin. Okay, anything else about the training or the process that uh, you want to touch on? Um, no, just that we're always looking for volunteers. Um, again, we won't be doing a training until spring of next year, but that doesn't mean that um, if someone is interested, they can reach out to contact me or they can go to our website and fill out an application and I can get a hold of them. Once I get those applications, I do contact the individuals and kind of talk to them for a little bit about the program and answer any questions that they may have and then let them know that I would be contacting them back in in the spring of 2021 um, when we do our recruitment process again for training. What kind of impact do you, can you see uh, made on these children, these children, uh, these uh, sibling groups, uh, having a CASA versus not having a CASA? So a CASA volunteer has one case at a time and can offer concentrated attention to their particular child or children. Um, they often bring a common sense point of view to the juvenile court system and can also offer an independent perspective to the case. Um, studies have shown that when a CASA volunteer is assigned to a child's case, that a child is more likely to receive services than a child who does not have a CASA. Also, children with a CASA tend to move through the system into a permanent placement more quickly. And the CASA volunteers, as I talked about before, provide continuity for the child throughout the proceedings as, um, you know, caseworkers may change, other individuals may change, but the CASA um, could be the only consistent person the child has throughout the court process. That consistency, having someone advocate for them, and I'm sure just making sure that things don't fall through the cracks, uh, that, that maybe a, a social worker or somebody might miss. They do a great job as well, but they have a, a pretty hefty caseload. Yes. We look at it as a way to help all the other parties involved by sharing the information that we gather. Do you have folks that you know obviously work full-time jobs? Do you have folks that are retired that want to help? All kinds of walks of life that help? Um, all kinds of walks. I would say we're about a split of, we have individuals that are retired, um, retired school teachers. Uh, they've, we also have people that were, um, did foster care when they were younger and adopt children through the foster care system that are involved, that are interested. We have individuals that are in, um, you know, in college and, and going through social work classes that might be interested in it. So really, it's just kind of a, a mix of, of individuals, um, retired students and working. What misconceptions do folks have about CASA? Do they think sometimes this is like foster care? Um, I don't think it's like they feel that it's like foster care. Um, you know, what we've really worked on in the two and a half years that we've been um, in Black Island County is just building relationships with key stakeholders and letting them know, you know, we're not trying to do anybody's job. We're here um, to represent the child and make sure that their voice is heard into court, but we're not here to, to take the role of anybody else that's involved in the case. And this is a model that has, has been replicated all over the country, the, uh, the CASA model. 
Yes, we are accredited through the Illinois State CASA program, and we are accredited um, through National CASA. So obviously this is something that uh, is helpful to judges and uh, the whole system, this CASA model, and you guys are tied in with Illinois, that type of thing. What's your favorite part about working with CASAs and their work with children? Uh, just seeing that the the changes that they are making through having a court-appointed special advocate, um, just seeing how the judge really does, um, you know, listen to what we have to say and what our opinions are and what our concerns are, um, and just having him, you know, letting us know that he is very pleased with the reports that we give to him, and he takes a lot of that into consideration when um, there's a court hearing for the child. The CASA program in Rock Island County, relatively new. Where, where do you want to see this uh, program go over the next five, ten years, that type of thing? Uh, we would love uh, you know, to continue to grow and to continue to recruit new volunteers. Um, and hopefully in the future we will be able to expand into Henry and Mercer County. Um, it's a little soon for that, but that is one of my, my main goals is to eventually be able to expand into the surrounding counties of Rock Island. Because obviously the need is there uh, f- uh, for CASAs in those counties as well. Yes. So if, uh, also, we, we, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but obviously COVID-19, has that, did that kind of change the, the CASA process because of everything going on? Yes, it did. So we did have to... Um, restrict our face-to-face contact with their, with kiddos. So we had to get a little creative in terms of keeping in contact with them, whether that be through um, telephone calls, uh, meeting over Zoom, doing FaceTime sessions with them. Um, so they, they had to change it up a little bit. They, they were very, very, uh, you know, bummed that they couldn't see their kiddos anymore, um, but understood that it was because of, you know, for the health and safety of themselves and the children that they serve. Um, and we also did some care packages for our families uh, during COVID that had cleaning supplies, face masks, um, and other other household items just to help them through um, the COVID situation. And actually just beginning um, October 1st, our advocates are now going to be able to um, resume face-to-face uh, contact with their kiddos, um, just making sure that they're using social distancing practices. We're talking about CASA tonight, court-appointed special advocates in the CASA program in Rock Island County. The program coordinator, Amanda Striegel, is our guest on Closer Look. Uh, this is 98.9, Positive Encouraging KLEF. I'm Joel Reagan. Okay, so if folks want to help, obviously volunteering to be in CASA is uh, the first way they can help. But are there roles uh, for uh, donations, that type of thing, and other ways folks can help as well? Well, the, the CASA program is through the Child Abuse Council. And um, the Child Abuse Council is always, you know, in need of, of donations that can help out all of our various programs that we offer. Um, so that's a great way to give back uh, to the community um, if you're not able to actually be a CASA volunteer. Tell us more about the Child Abuse Council. 
Um, the Child Abuse Council, we are we specialize in um, prevention, education, and treatment um, for children. So we have uh, several different programs besides the CASA program. We have our community education prevention program um, that goes out into the community and teaches classes. Um, we have our trauma-informed care and consortium. We also have uh, home visitors and doulas. And then we have our Safe from the Start program, which offers therapy services to children zero to five. So a lot of different uh, programs, including CASA. Uh, so you, you mentioned the website. Uh, what's the w- good web address if someone wants to uh, learn more about being a CASA, maybe apply? Um, our web address is childabuseqc.org. And to go to the Get to the CASA page, you would go under um, our our services, and then uh, treatment, and then the court-appointed special advocate page link. And then at the bottom of that page is the link to apply to be a CASA. And of course, you can find out more, of course, about what we've been talking about there on the website, childabuseqc.org, and then navigate down to the uh, CASA page, the court-appointed special advocates page, to find out more. If someone wants to call you guys, is that a way they can uh, do, do that as well? Yes, they can call me. Um, I would say right now the best way would be for an email just because right at this time uh, we're working um, half in the office and half at home still. So getting hold of me through email is the best. All right. So just find that information there on the website, childabuseqc.org, probably the good first stop for folks if they want to find out more about being a CASA or helping out in some way or all the other uh, things that the uh, Child Abuse Council does. Uh, As we wrap up, anything that we haven't touched on that you want to mention? Um, Not that I can think of, no. All right. So folks can, once again, find out more, childabuseqc.org, the website for the Child Abuse Council, and just navigate down to the uh, CASA page, Court Appointed Special Advocates. Amanda Striegel is the CASA Program Coordinator for Rock Island County. Really appreciate your time tonight telling us more about CASA and how folks can help. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on the program. You can find out more about Closer Look right here on 98.9 KLove, or you can send us feedback. Our email address is closerlook at klove.com. That's closerlook at klove.com. For Closer Look, I'm Joel Reagan. This has been KLove Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.